0: Today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are doing an NBA draft preview special. Uh, all things draft. Mm. Tate. We we promised the people we would do this. We are draft experts. <laughs> yes. Yes, play the laughs. Because, yeah. <laughs> we famously said we did not watch a single second of Luka Doncic Tape a couple of years ago. And people have been coming, they've been clamoring for our draft takes yeah. ever since. Yeah, they love that. <laughs> We were the only guys brave enough to be like, we don't know. We don't. We don't watch Euroleague basketball, so I can't really <laughs> tell you anything about Luca. Uh, but. Someone who who does watch is his name is Kevin O'Connor. Mm. We used to work him with at The Ringer. We were having him on the show today to break everything down for us. He is so much smarter on this stuff than than we are, and uh, so we're excited. Yeah, to talk KOC
1: to famously does the Ringer NBA Draft Guide. Before that, he did his own version of the draft guide. It is one of my favorite things that The Ringer does. It's one of my favorite things that it you know leads up to the NBA draft because it just maps everything out. You get to learn about all these players. You and I watch them in college basketball, but we never know where how they're going to translate to the NBA. We right. need you know KOC to come. Man, to to basically make that translation for us and uh today's that day i can't wait
0: it's it's, it's a completely different game Is what <laughs> I, every time i go to do the draft uh breakdown draft stuff i i realize it's it's college basketball and pro i think it's fran priscilla that says it's like portuguese and spanish mm-hmm. like they seem similar mm-hmm. if you're not really paying that much attention but then you realize these are these are two vastly different languages that's how i feel with the draft is like you know the, the the guys you watch in college. So many of these guys, we're going to talk to KOC about it. But so many of these guys uh, were frankly irrelevant mm-hmm. to college basketball. Mm-hmm. That are like stars <laughs> going to be drafted. Yeah. High. <laughs> yeah. So it's always Tate and I always love being put in this position of like, uh, you know, wh- where did the, where where we, who are the we asked what happened to about?
1: Marcus Howard and they go who?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do? You think Luca Garza is a, would go number one in this year's draft? Or do you say, You're <laughs> like who? <laughs> so, uh, anyway, we're gonna talk to KOC. He's the best. We have a lot of fun every time we talk to him. We're also gonna do Tate and I are going to, uh, at the end of the show do our superlatives, uh, just assign some some titles to guys and mm. uh, have some fun with that and see where that takes us. So that is on the docket today. NBA draft talk. But first, Woody Durham.
2: He takes the timeout.
0: Kevin O'Connor is joining us. He is our former ringer colleague. He is our good friend. Still, we will, we will always be good friends. I think Kevin, uh, that's, that's what we love about you. Uh, so Kevin does the ringers NBA draft guide. It is, uh, I'm not, I, I, when I worked at the ringer, I said, this was the best thing that the ringer does. I'd no longer work at the ringer. I say this, this is still the best thing that the ringer mm-hmm. does. Uh, go check out the NBA draft guide. Uh, Kevin has all of his, uh, uh, he, 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 I don't know all of all of his scouting reports, his big board, everything you'd ever want to know about the draft. Kevin has it has it locked in, and that's why we're here. We're having him on. Um, but Kevin, I want to I want to start here. Uh, you have become, before our very eyes, a European snob. <laughs> and for, for college basketball guys like Tate um, and I, it disgusts me to my core. Uh, you have on your big board this this is like the big controversial thing you have going on. Uh, if you're following any of the draft coverage. Kevin has has put Killian Hayes, uh, a, a dude from France, I believe. Is that correct, mm-hmm. Kevin? Born in Florida. Born in Florida. Moved to France. You have him at number one on your big board. Um, I got to say, this feels a little bit like you're you're taking a victory lap for the Luka th- pick because <laughs> I will give you credit. Tate and I ripped a lot of people for, for pretending to have broken down Luca film. And now, like, everyone's patting themselves on the back for saying I was right about Luca Doncic mm-hmm. all along. Bullshit. No one watched any Luka Doncic's anything. They just like read whatever you wrote about him, and then they were like, okay, yeah, cool. We like him. Uh, So I will give you credit for that. But, Kevin, are you doing the same thing here? Are you just saying, like, it worked for me once, let me do it again? (laughs) No, I'm
3: not. And by the way, Killian Killian Hayes is not the level of prospect that Luka was that year when he should have went number one. It still blows my mind. How did Luka not go Mm. number one? (laughs) No offense to DeAndre Ayton or Marvin Bagley, but how did you not gotten a number one? But with Killian Hayes... If you put him in college basketball last year, you would have seen a guy who, A, he has a foundation to be a successful player. Mm-hmm. He's a smart, hardworking defensive player, six foot five, long, plays hard, attentive off ball. And then on offense, you'd see a guy, again, he has passing ability. He's really good at those kickout passes that you need to see from high level NBA playmakers, high pick and roll, driving the lane, kicking it out to a three point shooter with accuracy with velocity he has that as a foundation what makes him such an exciting prospect for me and the reason why i have him number one is the upside Mm. and that's the shot creation ability as a scorer with the footwork from the perimeter the ability to create i mean you see he i'm not comparing him to james harden when i say this but he clearly is somebody that watched james harden on youtube and was like i'm gonna adapt the moves that he does and incorporate them into my own game with the sidestep threes the double step back threes that people mm-hmm. always complain and cry about being a travel killian hayes is somebody that could be a guy you give the ball at the end of the oh the so, we're gonna, clock so, so we're gonna so we're all gonna hate him is what you're
0: saying everyone's gonna hate you yeah, maybe guy. maybe
3: <laughs> if he's allowed to do it like Nikhil alexander walker last year was doing that in summer league and he didn't do it yeah. once during the season so <laughs> with hayes man i just see him as like somebody who Even if you don't agree with me having him number one, at the least, I think he's on the same level of a guy like Anthony Edwards.
1: So, KOC, I have to ask you this because we're in the NBA draft time. We are in the tropes of the NBA draft. You just said upside, so we're fully in it. We know what we're talking about. And I think last year we asked you this question and we said, how many players are in this draft? This is what we get every single year. 2013, there were zero players in the draft. Last year, there was technically one player in the draft. That was Zion Williamson. Right now, Killian Hayes, you have at the top. He is your one guy, your number one guy. You have three guys behind you. you got Anthony Edwards, a mellow ball, James Wiseman. I have to ask the question, how many players are in this draft, KOC, and is the answer zero?
3: The answer is probably zero if we're talking about like a Zion okay. level
1: mm-hmm.
3: prospect. You know, like there's no AD. There's no clear, no da. I'm taking this guy number mm-hmm. one. Go away. Don't call about this mm-hmm. pick prospect. There's not that guy. Uh so if that's like the the how many guys are in this draft, the answer is zero. But like as you guys know, like watching <laughs> college, <Excited.
2: yeah>. Can't <laughs>
3: <wait>. <laughs> I mean, as you guys know though, watching college basketball this last year, there's a lot of like good quality players, like yeah. a Tyrese Halliburton. there's like Sadiq Bey who could go in the middle of the first round, like Obi Toppin, mm. who could be a really good player for a long time. To me, this year's draft class has a lot of guys that are gonna be good players. So and there's nothing wrong mm. with that.
0: I heard I heard you and Rasilla talking about this earlier this week, um, where you know everyone's talking about this being a weak draft. And I, I think when we talk about weak drafts, we talk about the top. As you said, there's no Zion, there's no Luca, there's no guy that you can just plug in and immediately he's changing your franchise necessarily. Maybe there is. Maybe some of these guys will surprise us. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it's it's a wash that doesn't mean we shouldn't have the draft like there, there are going to be guys later on that are value picks so to speak guys at the end of the first round whatever so my question to you kevin this feels like a race to the bottom of the first round like like the way you're talking like you you you've mentioned that the timberwolves are maybe interested in maybe possibly trading the pick uh maybe the, the warriors want to trade the pick like everyone wants to trade the pick can we just, like, not have the lottery this year? Can we just, like, like should we just, like, start with pick 16? Does that (laughs) help everybody's, like, mindset with the draft? If we just like, all right, Minnesota, you don't get the first pick. You get the 16th pick. The first 15 aren't happening. And now let's go and let's draft. Because it feels like there's, like, so much pressure for everyone, like, are we sure we can take this guy number two? And it's like, well, you gotta have to contextualize it a little mm. bit. Right?
3: <laughs> I mean, I think it would be helpful for a lot of teams if if they didn't have the pressure of choosing an Anthony Edwards, a James Wiseman, a Lamelo Ball. And with Edwards, it's the type of thing where I mean, I'm curious like what you guys think when you what you saw from him at mm-hmm. Georgia and when you project ahead for him in the NBA. I feel like I have him number two right behind Hayes. He's arguably the number one. It's pretty much a coin flip, in my opinion, between those two. But with Edwards, I feel like he has the qualities to be a star level player, but Mm -hmm. there's, you know. The, the shooting ability like like what did you see at George that makes you feel either good about him or like what's your what's your sense about what he'll turn into in the NBA?
0: Uh for, for me it was kind of all the same things that everyone else is saying that he obviously has the physical tools he 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 has the right mindset so like like when he's playing he's uh like he's a guy who's not um it's not like he's been coasting his whole basketball career. He's just been better because there, there are a lot of guys like that. Like I played with some guys like that that just like were always better than everybody, and then didn't really have the drive or whatever. He obviously has the drive. He obviously has all has all that. But I, my image, my lasting image when I think back on Anthony Edwards one season of Georgia is hitting a last second shot to beat shaman <laughs> in the Maui Invitational to secure seventh place, and then like stunting like he like yeah. he just won the national title. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you be. <laughs> you beat cha <laughs> to, to and I, I don't i don't know so yeah the shot selection is 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 interesting the the um i i i i do think that i would probably take him number one though like if you're at like but that is not an endorsement of anthony edwards and, at all that is that is more of an indictment on the uh uh, the the draft and if we can do guys. the head
1: to head, we watch Anthony Edwards go against Dayton in the first game of the Maui Invitational last year, and that was the big hype game. Everyone was telling us before we have to watch the number, the future number one pick, Anthony Edwards, right. and Titus and I. That whole game, we watched Obi Toppin. And we kept looking at each other. We're like, I don't know about Andy Obi Edwards, Toppins, so but to Obi it. Toppin's yeah. the guy that we like. <laughs> and I, I think that says a lot, too, about being a gamer at some level. But then you have the Dwayne Wade, Tom Crean aspect of it where they're all coming out and saying that he is a top-flight player. He could be you know, a top-five guy like D. Wade. So I think that gives him a little bit of a bump to say these guys approve and say he can be that top-flight player. But I, uh, I didn't quite see it, I, I should say that, in college.
3: Yeah, I mean, and even with, like, with like Obi Toppin, he's a redshirt red, red sophomore, and it's the type of thing where teams look at him, they're like, he's 22, how good he is on defense. Mm-hmm. And like A lot of Dayton fans, I'll, I'm blown away. I get tweeted <laughs> at like a, about Obi yes. Toppin more than any other <laughs> yes. player in the draft. Like, Dayton <laughs> fans are like, how do you not have him right <laughs> He is clearly going to be the best player in the draft. And for me, it's like, there's no doubt he's got offensive skill. Like you said, you watch him in that matchup, his ability to stretch the floor, his rim-running ability, his fluidity on offense. It's awesome. But on defense, he doesn't move that well.
0: Uh, who cares? It's NBA, Kevin. We don't care. Like, what are you talking about? What do you? How many guys in this draft went between their legs and dunked it in a game in their final college season? That's what I want to know. Not you, Anthony I, Edwards. I didn't see any of that analysis. Yeah, I didn't see that analysis no. on your big board, Kevin. Can yeah, we I got to put that Obi
3: on Obi Toppin's like, uh, the pluses. The so one frame.
0: thing as an outsider looking at, it, obviously you're, you're far in more sourced and in the weeds and, and, and smarter. We'll just cut mm. to the chase about all this <laughs> than I, than than I am. That. <laughs> uh, but from an outside perspective, it feels like this is Anthony Edwards. Number one spot to lose. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If that's <laughs> I like right that. Right. I like, I like, like the
1: stakes of that.
0: Maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's it, just little- <laughs> maybe <laughs> the stakes have maybe. never been higher. Um, but, but it also feels like there's this media machine at play with both Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball. So, like, maybe maybe I want to pivot to LaMelo Ball a little bit because uh, the, the, the roller coaster that is the LaMelo Ball draft stock has been wild. Uh, I, I, it was a few months ago, suddenly, like, there was this big push. Like, LaMelo Ball could be number mm-hmm. one. Like, don't laugh, America. Mm-hmm. This could be happening. LaMelo Ball, yes, that LaMelo Ball could be number one. And then everyone's breaking it down. His skill set is this he's, he's, he's hit this growth spurt, et cetera, et cetera. And then like, we've come full circle and we're back to like LaMelo balls, workouts are garbage. He's, he's failing his interviews, which like, I don't even know how you do that. What is it? What does that even mean? Um, but basically, like the conclusion, it seems like everyone's drawing about Lamelo Ball is stuff that I could have told you from watching a thirty-second clip of him <laughs> when he was fifteen. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so like I don't, I don't understand like the whole arc. Like, where scouts are like, man, we we've done a lot of work and we really like, you've landed right back where we were like five years ago, where he was like this the shithead 15 year old pulling up from 45 feet and all, all of those concerns I don't understand that and conversely like the Anthony Edwards like he's getting pushed to the moon by the by the Tom Cranes and the Dwayne Wade of the world how much of that factors into this Kevin
3: so with LaMelo I had a conversation with an executive yesterday about this and and he mentioned to me he's like all this stuff about LaMelo not interviewing well and all that he he's like I wonder how much of this is teams that he's not interviewing with
2: mm-hmm.
3: pushing that out there mm-hmm. as a way to stir up and create some it. narrative that he's not doing well because they don't want the backlash when they inevitably pass on him yep. because LaMelo's dad, Lavar, said he wants to push him to Detroit yeah. or New yeah. York and, you know, say what you want about Lavar, But if you go through some of the teams at the top of the draft, I kind of get the point. <laughs> like you want to <laughs> yeah. have the player in the best situation possible Minnesota, he'd be sharing the backcourt with D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. Charlotte, no offense yeah, to no offense. But like <laughs> he, he, might, <laughs> <laughs> he might not, I mean, it's Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte, no offense to Cleveland's Cleveland. Atlanta already has Trey yeah. Young. And Golden State, I mean, I love Golden State. I think that would be great great for him. Yeah. But if you want playing time and opportunity, Steph and Clay are ahead of him. Yeah. And Chicago is interesting to me, even though he hasn't been connected there. And then you move down the board, suddenly you're at seven for Detroit, which has nobody. Mm. And then you're at eight with New York that has R.J. Barron and some other young guys, and it's a big market. So I just wonder how much of that is just this teams putting that out, that out there to, to set the narrative and set what people are talking about. And I'm somebody who mentioned that. I've heard he doesn't interview well. I've heard teams worry about the leadership, but
0: I get it. Yeah. So, how do you suss through this, Kevin? How do you, how do you not like uh, how do you not like feel like, like like do you ever step back and 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 wonder like is the intel I'm getting am I a pawn <laughs> am, am I being yeah. used to like oh
2: yeah <laughs> oh yeah no no, no, no. the
0: answer yeah, is yeah I mean, yes. I mean, I mean
3: because true. because you know all these executives not all of them but a lot of them have an agenda and they have yeah. they yeah. have their priorities and they have some of them especially will go out of their way to try to like. Just try to steer the way you're thinking and steer the way you're talking about mm. stuff. And like with LaMelo, it's true. Like I believe the people I've heard who do worry about the leadership. They worry if he can be somebody who leads your team as a point guard and has the ball in his hands all the time. And from a basketball standpoint, I also worry about the jump shot. Mm-hmm. I worry about the decision-making. I worry about the defensive effort and the focus. That's, that's all stuff. Like you said, Titus, you could see mm-hmm. that when he was 15 years old, yeah. that's nothing new. Yeah. But like with the stuff about like, poor interviews poor meetings and all that i do wonder how much of that is just noise that's being put out there especially this year gold state at number two they have been connected to like every single prospect who could go in the top 10 they like this guy they don't like that guy they prefer Okongwu over wiseman and and then you hear the next week they love james wiseman and it's the type of thing where you just got to cut through the bs right and and Try to read between the lines and figure out what are they trying to do here? And with Golden State especially, I think they're just trying to throw so much misdirection out there. So somebody (laughs) is like, we got to trade ahead Mm -hmm. of them. We got to deal ahead of them or whatever it is. Or maybe we got to get their pick to get the guy that we want. So it's all this political garbage that's out there that, you know, it's hard to understand what's true and what's not. But, you know, the teams are doing what they got to do and the agents are doing what they got to do as well.
0: I just don't I just don't understand the poor interview narrative or the poor <laughs> interview like like the NBA to me has never been a league that's cared that much about, you know, like if a guy can hoop and he gets on an interview like like what the the, the level of what it has to be for it to be a poor interview in my mind is like. Like what? What is he doing on these zoom mm-hmm. Is he is he just in the nude? Is he like? Is he? <laughs> like, what is he saying on these YouTube situation? Like, it's a, yes, yes, it's a tubing situation. Because <laughs> honestly, the NBA to me has never been a league that like that's the yeah. NFL. Like this this kind of talk is like NFL. Like we were trying to draft our franchise quarterback mm-hmm. and we sat him down and really like picked his brain and we asked him like, "What's your favorite chicken nugget?" And then like he said. He said McDonald's. We were looking for Wendy, so I don't think we're gonna take it. Like that's the, that's what the NFL does is they like get in there and really like the NBA is like, can you hoop? All right, we'll take you. You know, and so like all this talk about Lamelo Ball having poor interviews, I'm I I don't know. I I it's it's very confusing to me. So, I mean,
3: like I said, my 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 guess is is that some of the some of this is real. Like teams do worry about the leadership aspects. Some of it yeah. is teams knowing that they're gonna pass on him or knowing that he doesn't want them. Mm-hmm. That Lamelo doesn't want them, and it's like if someone breaks up with you, and you're like, "No, oh, they didn't break up with me. I broke mm-hmm. up with them." <laughs> it's sort of that type of thing with Lamelo, and and that's just what I would assume. But the fact is, is that Detroit, New York, Washington, to me, those three teams at seven, eight, and nine, are the best basketball fits for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, and if if they're able to get him to fall down, especially to seven for Detroit, I get it. It makes sense. And some teams would rather some of the safe players, like a Tyrese Halliburton, who like, there's no doubt he's going to be a solid player.
1: And chaos, you have to ask, because I think the point guard position, I mean, we see LeBron James plays point guard now. It's one of the most premier positions in basketball. It's who's going to initiate the offense. You mentioned Killian Hayes. He's a guy that always has the ball in his hand, so he's essentially – a point guard, Lamelo, the same way he's essentially a point guard because he has the ball in his hands. But if you are just looking at a pure point guard in this draft, is it Halliburton? Even though I am not even sure if he's a pure point guard, but is he the guy that would be the top, you know, traditional point guard that teams would be looking for in this draft?
3: Um, I mean, I think the I think the top traditional point guard, you know, in terms of the way people consider the position nowadays, is probably Lamelo. I mean, I think Hayes can share the ball a bit. It, not that he necessarily had to playing in Germany last mm-hmm. year, but you know I think he can share the ball. I think I think Lamelo could if his jumper improves. That, that's what offenses want to do nowadays. They want to share the ball and have as many guys on the court as possible who can attack. Mm-hmm. I, I interviewed Tyrell Terry from Stanford recently for a story I'm doing yep. next week, and, and Terry it was interesting talking to him about the position and how it's evolved, and and he brought up like how important relocating off ball is mm-hmm. to him. And how that's something he saw Steph, Steph Curry do years ago, and was like, "I got to start doing that if I want to be as great as I can be." And and I heard that and I'm like, "Damn! Like this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> like, he's smart. A lot, yeah. a, lo- a lot of like young players they want the ball in their hands, or, or they, even Trey Young and even Damian Lillard, as awesome as they are, they don't relocate that much off mm-hmm. ball. But I love I loved hearing that answer from Tyrell Terry, and just his basketball intelligence is one of the reasons why I feel like he gets it. Unless you're a Lucas level player, unless you're a LeBron or a James Harden, you're not going to have the ball in your hands all the time. You got to cut, you get a screen off ball, you got to relocate, you got to offer more than just having the ball in your hands. And it's one of the reasons why with Terry, even though like he was a one and done, unexpected, a guy who could have been redshirted. To me, I have had him top ten since my big board first came out in March. People thought I was mm-hmm. nuts, and now he's getting some late lottery hype and probably won't even crack the twenties Tyrell Terry to me, like I, from your perspective, like watching him at college basketball, I'm curious, what do you think about how has a guy risen yeah, this well, quickly? I'm, I'm
0: glad you brought this up. Cause I, I wanted to talk to you about this, that Tyrell Terry, I'll be honest, there are most people listening to our show that follow college basketball closely probably don't even know mm-hmm. who he is, or probably didn't even watch <laughs> him last year. He he was, and I I don't mean this to disparage him or his skill set, whatever. He was a non-factor in college basketball. He, he didn't he was on nobody's radar in terms of like all American teams or or stuff like that. Like if you're watching Pac-12 basketball, <laughs> you know, you you'd see him play. But like most of the country doesn't watch Pac-12 basketball. Yeah. So like he uh I, I, yeah, I, I, that, that's just the reality of it. And that's wild to me that like a guy like that can, can blow up in this draft process. And so my question to you, cause as, as I'm looking at the big, but bo- your big board and, and not just you, I mean, other people, you know, have similar thoughts on all this. One thing that stood out to me um, was, was this idea that, that just kept jumping out to me is like the guys who are awesome in college are not, are not <laughs> awesome. On the on the the big board. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, and and
3: Peyton, Peyton Pritchards of the world and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and 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 this feels like it's uh. I mean, like obviously Zion was awesome in college, and 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 you know maybe maybe I'm making too much of it, but man, looking through like the, I mean, you got a guy like Kira Lewis who at Alabama, like I mean, he wasn't. No one was like, if you were talking about the best guards in college basketball last year, you're not mentioning his mm-hmm. name. You got, I mean, Patrick Williams came off the bench at Florida mm-hmm. State. You know? um, <laughs> so my point kevin is there something to I, I guess the conclusion that i draw and i don't i'm probably wrong but is there something to overexposure being bad and under like because i'm looking at guys that are like shooting at tyrell terry is not over he would not a guy that you'd consider overexposed uh lamello almost benefits from going to australia if lamello goes to duke and is just like throwing the ball all over the mm-hmm. gym the scouts are like get yeah. me out of here but like yeah. you know uh a guy like james wiseman didn't even finish the season does that help him does three does games be, yeah does anthony edwards who was on a shitty team and wasn't in prime time meanwhile conversely you got like like desmond baines another one i think at tcu he's kind of floating under the radar now you look up you're like wait there's a tcu guy that might go first round how did that happen um meanwhile guys like Obi Toppin, for example who you know was was the best player in college basketball last year and felt like it, like you're watching him you're like that's an nba guy and that's probably why dayton fans are scratching their heads you're like we watch this guy every game. He dominated everybody. I don't get it. Like, what, what do you mean he's not going to be good in the NBA? Uh, guys like Cole Anthony people are down on because maybe he was overexposed. Maybe the Kentucky do guys. Is that a theme or is that just like a coincidence that it happened this year?
3: You know, I struggle with this because I look back at somebody like Fred VanVleet. Four years at Wichita, Wichita State was awesome. Mm-hmm. Just a winning player. He impacted winning. And he's essentially turned into that guy in the mm-hmm. NBA. Mm-hmm. He is he is that guy in the NBA now, and he's gonna get paid twenty plus million dollars this off season. And you know, you look at guys like a Cassius Winston or a Peyton Pritchard, or even you know a Grant Riller, you know, for that matter, yeah. four years, you know, at Charleston, you know, and, and it's like I like these guys. It's not that I dislike them at all. It's just you know, some of them I question. Where is the upside? They're twenty two, yeah. four years at college. There's still some question marks about them, and. It's not that I don't think there's no chance they could be a good player, and I I think I'm not speaking for anybody else here, but I I think that viewpoint is shared by a lot of teams and other people who analyze the draft. It's not that they won't be good. Yeah. It's just that maybe you'd rather take a swing on somebody who's younger and has displayed with their youth more star upside. But but even
0: even with the younger thing, like uh, I you know a guy like Tyrese Maxey at Kentucky did. I, I don't know. The, the, again, maybe I'm just drawing conclusions that aren't there, but uh, I I wonder in my head, is it like Tyrese, is Tyrese Maxey maybe not as, and, and I'm not saying he's a, he's a perfect player. I'm not saying you should take him top 10 or anything like that. But uh, is, is there something to, like, we've seen Tyrese, like we have an idea of what Tyrese Maxey, because he's on national television every game. Like yeah. he's, He plays at Kentucky. We, we got a good look at him. Uh, whereas a Tyrell Terry, it's like, hmm, this guy's interesting. And then you start watching the right film, <laughs> and you start convincing yourself you know, you put the, whereas if Tyrell Terry's on primetime every single night and you're like, this dude, if this dude's so good, why is, Sta- why is he the second best player on a, I think Stanford's like 20 and 12 mm-hmm. last year in the Pac-12. Um, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is, is that, this is just my college basketball brain. At no, work I
3: here. mean, I, I think, I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily the case with me personally. I think with Terry, like I go through all, you know, as many players as I can, you watch college basketball and you kind of just watch with an open mind. And with Terry, for example, what I what I first liked about him so much was just translatable NBA skills. Yeah. The shooting ability, the IQ, the intensity on defense, the playmaking ability. And then you go a little deeper and you find out, you know, how smart of a kid he is, you know, how driven he is. And then the months pass with the pandemic and the, 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 month, the draft being delayed for five months and mm-hmm. he gains, you know, 10, 15 pounds and he grows like half an inch mm. and all that adds <laughs> up and it's like okay here we go you're taking a teenager who was pretty good as a freshman yeah. at Stanford who really did exceed expectations he was a guy who could have been redshirted mm. because mm-hmm. he was too small and he ended up playing and contributing whereas you know with some of the other guys you know like a Tyrese Maxey I think you look at him and even though he's on national tv every national tv every night that doesn't that personally doesn't matter to me to me mm-hmm. it's like how good is the jump shot i don't feel Mm. as good about the jump shot with him as i do with a guy like tyrell terry and that's reflected in my rankings but with that said i still like Mm. maxi maxi's like he plays so hard there's some kyle lowry to his game and if the jumper gets better over time he's gonna be a good player like i said i think this year's draft has a lot of good players Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, i would bet like you're gonna find there's gonna be a guy who's drafted 40 that contributes as a rookie. In the NBA, and maybe that is somebody like Cassius Winston or Peyton mm. Pritchard. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is that guy. But I think this is a deep draft in terms of quality NBA pros, especially out of the college basketball pool. It just might lack a number of those guys who can reach stardom, and that's okay because you need those glue guys. We just saw that with the Lakers and the Heat with making the finals. We saw that with the Nuggets and Celtics getting to the conference finals as well. You gotta have good glue guys. Yeah, around your stars. the grant
1: williams mm-hmm. of the world uh, you know go to the celtics yeah. and make things work uh you keep bringing up these comparisons kevin and i think this is probably the thing that i get most fascinated by when it talk when it comes to nba draft stuff and you know every draft expert they have to play the comparison game you know i've, I've laughed at <laughs> jalen rose's comparisons over the years i think my favorite comparison <laughs> ever all time was when greg Paulus was drafted they said he was the next john stockton um, didn't quite work out. Marshawn Brooks was the next Kobe Bryant. Deshaun Stevenson was the next Michael Jordan. There's been, there's Did been it, some crazy ones like that. Did it. Jalen uh, yeah. say Grayson Allen was Bob. <laughs>
0: <Yeah. I think. laughs>
1: so they're like, there's some great ones, but like when yeah. you do your comparisons, I would the James Wiseman, one I pulled up, cause I thought that was a great example. You say mild mannered, Rashid Wallace, high energy, Hassan Whiteside. And, and and like like, wait, how did you come up with that? Can I, the say,
0: can I say? Can I before you answer, Kevin? Can I just point out that you you always say shades of, which I think is a genius move. That is that is how you know you're yeah. a pro at this because the shades of, you're not saying how much yeah. shades of You're like fifty shades, one You tell us how, how many shades we don't know, but there are shades of. Brilliant. Yeah.
3: It's like uh, Chris Vernon texted me the other day about my comparison for Patrick Williams. And he's like, You have Danilo Gallinari and PJ Tucker. So he's either a six foot 10, you know, <laughs> European style scorer, you know, who can do a lot of the core for you, or he's like a mini six foot four, you know, like bulldog. <laughs> and it's like, Yeah, Chris, what I'm saying by shades of shades is Patrick of. Williams, like, he, he has shades of PJ Tucker and then he plays really hard, his defensive versatility, his shades of Danilo Gallinari. And then <laughs> he's 6'8 and he has size and fluidity and can do some things for you with the pick and roll or playoff ball smart player you know so I I think that's like a I forget if it was Danny Chow or Juliet Litman somebody at the ringer was like let's set a comparison let's call it shades of of
0: because
3: I I was the one who's like I don't want to have comparisons Yeah, I want yeah. It, what's another way to frame it? Well, One of them said, shade I like though, "Shades." Man. I think there's it a works.
0: there's a there's a movement that Jalen Rose is, is leading. I know Rissila is on this bandwagon to make all these comparisons. Just be, uh, just the most obscure guy. <laughs> I I think I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna zig where everyone else is zagging. I'm saying we should we should go stronger into the Hall of mm. Fame comparisons. I think like every every white guy should be Larry Bird. Mm. And like we gotta start throwing out like Jordan and Kobe, Nico
3: Mannion, Larry, yeah, Nico Bird. Manning, <laughs> Even
0: Larry yeah. Bird, David <laughs> Robinson. And light, <laughs> David, David. <laughs> John Stockton and Larry Bird, love child. Uh, what the James uh,
3: Wiseman comps are pretty good though.
0: What what what, what were your James Wiseman the,
3: comps? The the, the mild mannered Rashid Wallace. Oh yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah. Uh, and then uh, high energy. Like what the does the that side. look
1: like? Because to me that sounds like Kwame Brown and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean seriously like i don't know what that player looks like it's like i need the energy of sheen i like i i, I don't know i don't know oh my god
3: dude do you got oh. is there anything to take from wiseman's three games
0: you guys <laughs> absolutely no? not anything no a, <laughs> wiseman like i don't even think wiseman counts as a college basketball player wiseman is uh um it, it, it's fat it's a it's a bummer how it all played mm-hmm. out i mean like honestly by the college basketball rules like i don't i'm not gonna clutch my pearls over the fact that the guy was you know suspended mm-hmm. like it's, it's it was shady as hell like how he got to memphis and all mm-hmm. that so like it's not it's not like he was aggrieved in any way but uh it is a bummer <laughs> that we didn't really get to see him play uh college basketball is he is he uh i assume lamello balls on on the power rankings of of uh, i i i don't know how to phrase the question Vo- I, i'm interested in like the volatile mm. guys like a lamello ball uh as we talked about could have gone low basement one. high ceiling yeah. yeah but then at the same time like i mean it, the way people are talking they don't want to touch him, and like what is he just going to fall to like the second round the way people are talking uh james <laughs> wiseman you seem to think that that it's that him and anthony edwards are are locked for top three Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, yeah, all the discussion about James Wiseman is like, it's, it's a Jekyll and Hyde situation and you can talk yourself into him being, uh, you know, like a Kevin Garnett type, if you really want to. And at the same time, as Tate said, maybe he's more Kwame Brown and everything in between. Uh, another guy that's, that's interesting to, to certainly interesting to Tate and I, that, that I haven't heard spoken of much in in all the draft coverage I've been, uh, taking in Cole Anthony. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm he seems to be all over the place i mean he's a guy that like coming into north carolina uh was being talked about as a potential top five pick now i mean like the the handful of sources the very small sources i have within nba circles are like some people like won't even touch. like even if he's available at 60 they're like we don't Mm. want him which is like Mm. crazy to me how he can why like what's their reasoning because because i don't understand that, yeah, I know that you aspect. like him. You yeah. have him. I, I I don't. I don't know. You have him at at. Uh, you have him high like, on your big board. I
3: think he's like fourteen or fifteen on my board, mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that.
0: But would it shock? you? Like, if Cole Anthony went, if you slipped to the second round, is that a shock?
3: I'd be a little surprised if it was second. It would round. be. I, I think it, okay. at worst, like twenties. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, but who knows? The draft is crazy, who, man. Who else belongs on? If we're doing like a volatile Mount Rushmore, who else is like the guy that like. I mean, for I guess for you, Killian Hayes is like you think he should be one, and he's gonna. But um, you know, is there a guy that like you let
1: everyone's a like RJ Hampton maybe? I've seen RJ Hampton is as, as high yeah. as top ten and as low as thirty.
3: I think it's some of the international guys. Yeah, um, Alexei like Pukushevsky, mm. uh, Danny Abdia. Uh, you know, obviously Cole Anthony. I think even somebody like a Desmond Bain, he has mm-hmm. some people who are like, why are we talking about Desmond
2: Bain as a top 25 <laughs> pick? <25? laughs> on this show. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but there should.
3: are there are others who love him. So, I mean, it's the type of thing where Jaden McDaniels from Washington, another one mm-hmm. where some people love him. I, I've heard him connected to some teams drafted in the lottery. I've heard some teams that are like, we don't have interest in, interest in him in the low 20s. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's the type of draft where I've been doing this since 2013. And I feel like I've like talked to people who like know stuff since like 2014 or 2015. This year, more than any other that I've done, nobody knows what's going to mm-hmm. happen on draft night. There's so much, you know, that's fluid in terms of trades, in terms of how teams feel about players. There's so much unknown that this year I'm going into it sort of like, I'm not trying to get like the most accurate mock draft. I'm not trying to yeah. do that. I just want to get my big board as good as I can where I feel best about the rankings. And somebody like, you know, you mentioned him earlier, Patrick Williams, mm. the more I learn about him and the more I watch his tape over and over again, the higher I am on him. Yeah. I am on him, which kind of reflects the way Teams are talking about him, and like you look at, he av- he played twenty-two minutes off the bench at Florida State, averaged only nine points a game, mm-hmm. shot like thirty-two percent from three on like two sh- two attempts per game. There's not a lot there, but he was also on a really really good Seminoles team yeah. that you know led the ACC, that had an opportunity to make a run. Had there been
1: a one ACC tournament, people forget one ACC it, tournament it, without it, playing it, a single yeah, second. Yeah, no one's ever done world. that. <laughs>
0: They gave, Kevin, they gave them the trophy. I don't know if you're Just aware of this. They didn't – like the ACC tournament, they didn't play – Florida State didn't play a single second, and the ACC tournament still said <laughs> – yeah. the, the ACC still said, you win the tournament, here's a trophy. Mm. And they were like, all right, cool, and they held up the trophy.
3: And- I mean, may, maybe Devin Vassell and Patrick Williams they deserved did. it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they did. And with Patrick Williams, he's 6'8". He's got flexibility on defensive end. He can score off the dribble. I mean – Somebody like that was talked about as like a a pick in the 20s a couple months back. Yeah. And he's risen to maybe even a guy who could go to Chicago at four, maybe Detroit at seven, or the Knicks at eight. I mean, he looks like a top 10 pick. And he's somebody who I don't care like how it looks. I have him, I think, 16 or 17 on my board. When I do the next update, because I've done a lot the last couple weeks in terms of reevaluating, I'm going to have him probably in my top six Mm. or seven. And and I don't care how abruptly that happens before the draft because I think it's important. You can't tie yourself to an opinion. That's what the Sixers did when they traded up to number one for Markel mm. Fultz. Yeah. They brought they brought Fultz in for a workout, and there were people within the Sixers organization that said to Colangelo, let's at least take another look at Tatum and Alonzo uh, Ball. Let's at least take another look and Colangelo was like no <laughs> we traded for faults this is the this is this is who the guy this is who we're taking we're not going to yeah. let one bad workout and one you know dud of an interview change that yeah. and and that turned out to be a mistake and so when it comes to this draft after all this time off like there are some guys that haven't played since last year James yeah. Wiseman LaMelo Ball hasn't played since I think November people get better over time and their bodies change and you learn more so this year's draft, man, like there is no consensus. And it. it feels like it's changing in the last couple of weeks a lot in terms of some of the valuations and what you're hearing about some of these players. So long, long answer does just say, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel that. Is there any team, Kevin, like or any pick that you think is like a, a pick that you're kind of like, oh, that's like. Somewhere I'm watching, them, whether it be like the Celtics, like at the end of the late lottery, or like the Nets at 19. I've seen a lot of people talk about their pick at 19. But is there any sort of mm-hmm. uh, watershed pick that you see someone kind of making a, a leap or going up to get somebody? Where maybe even like Cole Anthony, to the Celtics, or something like that uh, at the end of the lottery.
3: I think so. Cole Anthony, you mentioned how there's some people that hate him. I've talked to a handful of execs for teams that are like, "How is he not?" A top ten mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. How was he not with his ability? To I'll send him the, the tape. But uh, or, uh,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, yeah, it's yeah. Send him the Ohio State yeah, game exactly. where he drives to the basket and then <laughs> just, like, just jumps into the chest. <laughs> yeah, he just jumps into the chest of our interior defender and then like just throws it up and then looks at the ref and is like, "Are you gonna call a foul?" And the refs like, "Absolutely no, I'm no. not. Get <laughs> your ass up, call." And he's like, "All right, maybe you're not gonna call it this time, but you're going to Same. next time."
1: And then he did it again. never, and, and they never made the call. <laughs>
3: I mean, there's a reason why I have a shades of comparison (laughs) to Austin Rivers. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) I mean, with him, I'm curious, Tate, with Cole Anthony, is there any chance he pops and turns into like a really, really nice player in the Mm -hmm. NBA?
1: I think there is if he goes to a place like Boston or San Antonio or Miami, somewhere where he has like a culture around him that he can be, I guess, humbled by at some level. Not even Mm -hmm. humbled, but just buy in. Because I feel like if Cole Anthony goes to the Knicks and they say, here are the keys to the car – that that's not going to be good that's going to be an issue so I think if he goes somewhere where there's like a Popovich or a Spolstra or someone that can or Brad Stevens whoever it may be take him under their wing and say hey learn from Kimba learn from Drogic learn from someone else who's like a veteran guard Mm -hmm. I think he could definitely do it but he definitely believes in himself and confidence is a good thing but sometimes too much confidence could be an issue
0: I I I, I don't hate Cole Anthony and uh like like I, I don't know. He he was he was awesome to start the season. I remember yeah. watching the Notre Dame game. It was one game. Yeah. It being like, yeah, that was it was one Triple game. He was great and all that. Uh, I I do think he is he he wore the stink of North Carolina. He he was like that was thrust on him because he was like the face of the team last mm. year and he was like the guy that was like the five star and all that stuff. Um, so. I, I, you know, as you do the post-mortem of the North Carolina season, I think like a lot of the blame falls on Cole Anthony. When you look at the rest of North Carolina's little roster and you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> like who, who Ty Lawson couldn't have helped mm-hmm. them or, you know, whoever the point guard, Kobe White is the point guard. They're in trouble probably last year still. Um, So I, I do think Cole Anthony, like I, I do like his, his makeup, his mental approach is like, like I, I don't hate him for all that. Um, But I don't know. Like as the season wore on, he he kept trying to do more and more because he kept trying to. He like every shot to him was like, if I make the I shot, I will save the game. I will uh, win the
1: game. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I will save the season. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like if I if I make the if I pull up from thirty five yeah. feet right here, if I take this one on one, and I and I score, we will no longer be eight and seventeen. I mean,
1: I, I mean, even <laughs> the Duke game that Duke came back and Trey Jones throws the ball off the basket and they end up winning in overtime. I mean, that game Cole Anthony goes down to take free throws and he starts smiling. Yeah. And then he misses the free throws, and then we go to overtime. They lose the game. You know, there's like little things like that where that's what I mean by being humbled. It's like he he sees he knows the recipe to success, but like he gets a little eager and wants to jump the gun a little bit. And you're like, all right, Cole, just calm down a little bit. Interesting.
3: So with him, it it sounds like you guys are 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 seeing and observing and hearing the same things that a lot of the people who don't like him say. Yeah. when, When I talk to people, it's really a lot of personality base knocks on him and if you're drafting a point guard you want you know i mentioned tyrell earlier you want somebody who has confidence but not an ego that's detrimental yeah Yeah, it depends on it depends
0: on what your perspective is because i mean you can make the argument that cole anthony is is going to be great in the league because he's the son of an nba Mm -hmm. player and he grew up like in these basketball circles and he knows the the culture of the nba and and just kind of how things operate and he's been you know he's been groomed to be an nba point guard his entire life Uh, You could also make the argument if you don't love Cole Anthony that he is entitled and that Mm. because of that whole what everything I just said he spent his entire life saying I am the chosen one I'm going to go to North Carolina I'm going to do this 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 give me the ball get out of my way like. And it, it's just whatever you know it really just depends on whether he makes the shot or not <laughs> depends on how, exactly. you feel about how much of making that was shots you're like, like yeah you know so how, anyway. how much
3: of that was like them having like two bigs and and no spacing and like you said a, a lot, lot
1: yeah it was a, it was <laughs> a lot
0: like north carolina was not yeah
1: good. and was, learning yeah. learning, yeah. learning carolina's player, offense yeah. as a freshman it's never easy for any point guard i mean we saw kobe white was amazing but he also had his highs and lows and peaks and valleys and i think cole was injured too so he never really even got to learn the system 100 i mean there was a ton of reasons I don't blame Cole for the season especially his Carolina season yeah. I just think there's like you, you mentioned Austin Rivers Kyrie Irving whatever it's a very dupe mentality uh, to put it simply <laughs> that he needs to get knocked out and uh, I think he'll be fine I had one more question Kevin I just wanted to ask you because this draft there's no players in this draft we, we said that Is there any sort of – is there any
2: (laughs) –
1: there are (laughs) are no no good players. players. There are no great players. There are good players. Uh, Is there any sort of, like, feeling that people want to just wait out for Cade Cunningham in 2021? Because I know we've heard that before. Oh, yeah. So a lot of teams at the top, maybe they're just saying, well, we'll just kind of –
0: Yeah, what if everybody punts on the draft? What if we just don't have a draft? Just take all these guys, throw
1: them in the next year's draft. Mix it up and see what we get.
3: I I think Cade Cunningham, I mean, there's – I mean, let's say James Wiseman goes number one. Let's say Charlotte trades up to number one and gets him. Mm -hmm. James Wiseman probably goes, what, like fifth or sixth or seventh Mm -hmm. in the 2021 class? There's a lot of good prospects. Cade Cunningham being probably number one. I'm excited to watch him. He had a scrimmage recently, right? Yep.
0: You guys watch that at all? I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, I I don't know if you're aware of this. Oklahoma State is not eligible right now for the NCAA tournament. So we won't even get to see Cade in March. Which is going to be wild. The idea that Cade Cunningham, because Cade by everything I've seen, Cade Cunningham is unbelievable, and mm-hmm. he's going to yeah. be very, very good this year. But uh, the NCAA has got to do something about this, <laughs> because if, if March rolls around and the best player in the country, certainly from an NBA perspective, uh, is not eligible to play in the tournament, and Oklahoma State is you know good enough to make the tournament. That's gonna be a problem. Mm-hmm. That would be disappointing. Mm-hmm. Going to
1: be yeah, it's gonna be terrible for everybody. Yeah, get all your NBA Twitter
0: people to wrap Yeah, go at the NCAA. We need the NBA free, on our side. Aid, yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Let's jo- join forces yeah. together. Finally. Yeah, we need to see K him at the tournament, please. Um what else? What else? Uh, I don't know. I guess that's it. I guess we covered it all, right?
1: Yeah. I, I was going to say, is there any second round like Malcolm Brogdon type guys like a Devon Dotson seems like the pick Devontae Graham. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like yeah. Dotson's a, a guy I could see in the second round being a point guard pickup. Is there anyone like that, Kevin, that you see like having a Malcolm Brogdon, Draymond Green, whatever you want to call a second round shot to have a lot of upside.
3: Devon Dotson's a good mm-hmm. one. How about like Malachi? Oh, we love Malachi. Somebody like Diego. that from San Diego yeah. State. Mm-hmm. What about Killian Tilly from Oh, Gonzaga. yeah, yeah, that's,
0: that's a, a good great one. If, he's he's if the, the Michael injuries, Porter, he's the Michael yeah. Porter of this draft. Well, I mean, probably not because he doesn't <laughs> well, have the I mean, like, Michael you know, has,
3: but, but uh, you know, the senior version, I guess. Yeah. But like, if injuries weren't a concern, he's a lottery mm. pick with all yeah. his skill the shooting, the versatility, the passing. What is there not to like besides the fact
0: he always gets hurt? Mm. Yeah. yeah, worth yeah. a gamble to yeah. me. Is it a coincidence state that he's European and Kevin's yeah. own? Not at all. Not at all. I don't think so. How about I don't think how, so? Well,
3: I'm curious, like what do you guys think about uh, Elijah Hughes from Syracuse? Oh, we just was had he, him on yeah. the show.
0: We just uh yeah, he, he just came on the show. He's uh he he is going to be good, yeah. I think. It's it's just there's just so many, so much unknown because Syracuse was not good last year. Syracuse mm-hmm. was uh not a fun basketball team to watch by any stretch of the imagination. And he he was a lot of times like their only offensive threat. And teams knew that and they could just like throw everything at him. Um, and, and yeah, that, that, that part of it, like it, it was, it, he never really like popped in college mm-hmm. basketball because of that. Like he, he was better like the year before, honestly, when he was kind of the sidekick, yeah. but, um, but no, I th- I think he's gonna be good. He, he Tate and I talked about that after we had him on the show. We we're like, yeah, I think I think this kid's gonna be pretty. He's gonna good. Kid. Someone's gonna give him in the second uh, round. They're gonna be like, yeah, on. absolutely. Yeah,
1: and he's yeah. a transfer. He went to ECU. I brought it up like fifteen times with him. And uh, I saw he got compared to Wayne Ellington. I don't see that at all. I don't think he's a specialist. I don't think he's a three point shooter. But I do think that he's a guy that shades yeah, up. shades of shades of Wayne Ellington. But he can get <laughs> baskets, and he obviously can shoot the ball really well. So. Uh
3: how about um Xavier Tillman from Michigan? Oh State? yeah, I love him. He's going to yeah. be awesome. I, he's going to be awesome. I saw he Xavier made 75
1: Tillman. out of 103s, which is one of my favorite uh draft tropes oh, yeah. do, the 103s and he made 75 <laughs> of them. So I think that's great. He can do yeah. everything though. I mean, he
0: Yeah, Xavier Tillman's going to 100% be in the NBA in like 7, 8 yep. years whatever it is. Yeah. Like so if that's if that's your your standard for drafting a second round guy or whatever, like he Xavier Tillman. He's going to he's be he's one good. of those he's guys. To, yeah.
3: He's like yeah. one of those guys I struggle to rank because I feel like he's gonna be a good player. Yeah. yeah, but like I have him ranked like forty on my board.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> so I'm, I'm
3: trying to find a place to get. No, no, no. You
0: got to do that with now. him. I think he wants that. I think if Xavier Tillman, mm. the worst thing that can happen for Xavier Tillman is he looks up and some mock hasn't going like seventeenth or something. He wants to. Uh, he he is. I mean, not just because he's Michigan State, but like he's cut from the Draymond club. Mm-hmm. Where like the best case that's gonna happen for him is he goes forty fifth and he just yeah like, he's married lies. he's like he's, all grown up yeah. so he's like he's ready to go he's got a kid he's david Tillman yep. senior yeah. how many times does a senior <laughs> come out and we love that. <laughs> he's got senior on his jersey and all that uh, awesome. uh the, kevin you no
1: i was ahead, gonna say man. the last guy i was gonna say uh, just in that group of names that uh maybe it's two last guys one of them is nico manion who titus is obviously in love with he's a mm. second round i think point mm-hmm. guard pick and then jay scrub who's a juco kid that I've heard a lot about uh, from some people that they have a lot
0: rough last name. For yeah,
1: yeah, game. yeah. It's yeah. it's not great, but uh, he was supposed. to. It's like the
0: kicker name. Louis. <laughs> yeah, and and you got the.
1: <laughs> he was supposed to go to Louisville. Uh, and then that didn't work yeah. out. But he's one of those guys that I think a lot of teams are hoping that he kind of is around when they have a second round pick, and he has a lot of upside. So was...
3: he's he's got the quickness for yeah, sure. First
1: step, we love a first step, quick first step.
3: No, no doubt, gotta, gotta have a first step. He's an upside pick, and he plays hard too. There you so go. you know, something like there that. There you go
0: uh kevin you've done a million interviews i or you've talked about you're going to talk about the draft ad nauseum you're gonna you know this is you can listen to kevin by the way on the uh the mismatch the ringer nba show mm. feed you can uh he was just on ryan Rossillo's podcast this week you can listen in there um and and follow him at kevin o'connor nba i believe mm. You what, what what why the nba kevin like do you feel like you're putting yourself in a box with the nba on you your, know your, your I, I i
3: have uh dm'd the the at kevin o'connor on Twitter, trying to get his name. (laughs)
2: Never (laughs) responds to me. I'd like
3: to, I'd like to get out of that NBA box when the handle, but I don't don't, don't care too much.
0: Yeah. I feel like you're in a bot. Like you want to fire off takes about other stuff about, you know, Shows you're watching and stuff. People are be like, exactly. "You're the NBA guy." Shut yeah, just
1: yeah. so stick the I was gonna say, just think <laughs> oh. about how far you've come, KOC. I mean, from the from the start of it wasn't even the mismatch. It was just the Ringer NBA show, and it was you, me, and Chris Vernon, and everyone's like, "This will never work." Mm. And now you're a superstar, and uh, I uh, love a a it.
3: Long time ago, Tate. I, it's that was 2016. 2016. 2016. 2016. Four years. We produced our first show, Tate. <laughs> lots, <laughs> of times,
1: lots of times. Lots of times. How far? <laughs> Eight a.m. in the morning. um Yeah. What? what too is, early what for the West Coast.
0: And all the draft talk you've done, and and you're going to continue to do. What is a question you have not been Ooh. asked that you hope that you want to be asked? This is this is a nice little journalism oh, trick. That's a, that's it's my way question. of asking asking a great question without actually mm. asking anything. Mm.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I, <laughs> I think I think my Tyrell Terry take. Yeah. Having him top ten, I feel like over the last six months or so, since I had had the all board right. come out, it's weird. I, I have I haven't been asked a lot about him. Okay, it's just weird to me. We it's won't, we weird. won't do
0: it. I, I guess what I'm going to do here is like anybody listening to this that has a show that wants to have Kevin on your show, uh, what should they ask you for your <laughs> show? You know, like how do they keep it fresh mm-hmm. and what are you? Re- you're going to be shot out of a cannon, ready to Tyrell Terry's the answer. So if you have Kevin on, yeah, Tyrell Terry, about, yeah, ask him about Tyrell mm-hmm. Terry. Uh, yeah. Before you go, let's just put a nice bow on this. Make the case that that people should watch this draft because I feel like <laughs> we started out a little slow. Tate saying there are zero people in this mm-hmm. draft. I feel <laughs> like. The time of year this is is not great with with just everything going on and and I I I just feel like I I get excited about the NBA draft. Obviously, it's it's one of the coolest. It usually falls right around my birthday. So when I was growing up, there'd be a Mm -hmm. lot of times that like I would celebrate my birthday by watching the draft, and it was so cool. I love the draft so much, and I feel like this is the least anticipated, like the least excited I've ever been for a million different reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk me into being excited, Kevin. Just just one last time, get me excited <laughs> about the draft before he lets you go.
3: There's a lot of good college basketball players. We talked mm. about them, the Xavier Tillmans of the world who are going to go second round, and the Tyrese Halliburns who were two years at Ohio mm. State and got better in mm. their mm. sophomore years. There's the Patrick Williams who maybe, you know, it would have been great to see them come back, but... Now they rise and get an opportunity and get noticed for what they did. And it's also a Wednesday in the middle of the November. Nothing mm-hmm. else is yep. on. What else are you yep. gonna do? What else are you gonna do?
1: That's the real. That's the real <laughs> what question. What else are you gonna what do? You gonna <laughs> do? <laughs> if
0: nothing else, I'm tuning in to see where Obi Toppin yep. goes. Uh, that's a good because, one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have him number one on my big board. Even though I, would, I, I have number. What, what's the difference between big board and mock drafts? Big board is how you see it. Mock like, draft is how you think it's going to go.
3: Yeah, mock draft projecting where you think they'll be picked. Big Board is where you would have
0: them personally mm. ranked. Okay. What, what when do you update the Big Board? What does it take? What what version are we on? What does it like how uh, do you I think it
3: was updated. The Big Board was had a minor update on October 27th. The mock we update every Tuesday. Mm. Uh-huh. So next week we'll, we'll have one up on Tuesday on nba-draft.theringer.com for my big all board right. and all my scouting reports. Do you ever get the, in arguments, KOC, amateurs. with other
1: people when they're talking about their comparisons? Do you bring up your big board? Do you ever laugh at other people or scoff at their big boards? Or Yeah, okay. No. That's good. That's good. I like <laughs> that. Really. I like that I mean, demeanor. I, 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 <laughs> I just <calculate. laughs> Not really,
2: no. I don't
3: really know. I try to avoid looking at too many rankings before I do mine because okay. then sometimes you might get anchored to how some – I don't think I would have had Tyrell, Tyrell Terry ranked like eight or nine if I saw other people had him 40. Yeah you know it's like you, you, you don't want to get tied to others opinions you want to be informed by it and learn from it but not necessarily get anchored down by that's it. that's the so. joy draft
0: draft coverage is so uh it's just like the it's it's like the human centipede and we're just like tate and i are just always trying to find out who's at the front of the human centipede yeah. it's just like someone's just shitting into everyone's mouth and you're just like regurgitate you're like look everyone's kind of looking to the left yeah. and the right where do you yeah. have him you have yeah. him there okay i'll yeah. put him here and you just wonder who's at the head of the human centipede that's like filtering all this down. We wonder. So it might be you, Kevin. It's Danny it, Ainge. It, it's Danny
1: Ainge. St- <laughs> <laughs> that's it.
3: I n- I never looked at it like that, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to look at it any other way now.
0: <laughs> uh, Kevin, bring back the beard. That's my final comment. Uh, America needs it. It's on its way. It's on its, way. Way. it's, it's, on its, its way. way. God love you. God bless you. Thanks for for joining us. Uh, when are you coming back to LA? We got to get dinner yeah. or something.
3: Hopefully soon, man. Hopefully right. soon. I, I'm hoping to, I was hoping to get back before the next NBA season, but next NBA season now seems to be starting in December. So no
0: rest for Kevin. Who knows? The man yeah, is we'll always see. working. We love him. Go check out his draft guide at the ringer. Thanks. For Thanks KOC.
1: Quick break to get aware from our sponsor NHTSA. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late to find yourself at a railway crossing, waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't ever. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are, and they can't stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop, over a mile to stop. I'll say it again. By that time, it's too late, and the result is a potentially deadly crash. The point is you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way. And you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't. Tate, you know this about me. I,
0: I've said it before on the show. I'll say it again. I'm a silver bullet guy. I've always been a silver bullet guy. Uh, whether we're talking Ohio State Buckeyes, whether we're talking Bob mm. Seger, whether we're talking Coors Light. I love silver bullets. Uh but in this case, I want to talk about Coors Light. The, the world—I don't need to point this out to you. It's—it's it's, there's a lot going, going on. on. There's a, there's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of—we we live in a stressful time right now. Uh, and I think what 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 we all need is to just like chill on the chill on the couch, crack open a Coors mm. Light, throw whatever TV it is you want to watch, and uh, just just tell yourself the only thing I'm worried about right now, like all the other stressors, I'm going to do my best to let those subside subside. The one thing I'm worried about is I want to make sure my mountains are blue. That's That's it. it. That's all you got to get. Find that mindset, America. That's what we're working towards. Uh, Coors Light is mountain cold refreshment. It is made to chill. It is cold lager, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It is as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for those moments you're trying to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door You don't even have to get off your couch. Well, I guess you do to like go get it at your door, but that's about it. Uh, At getcoorslight.com. That's right. Delivery to your door at getcoorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: Today on Titus and Tate, we have a special message from Dell. They're offering you massive discounts on the best XPS and Alienware computers with Intel Core processors for Black Friday. You're getting early access to a curated selection of premium tech like Samsung TVs. Plus, there's free shipping on everything. Yes, everything. Whether it's work, school, or fun, Dell has you covered. Call 800 by dell or go to Dell.com slash Black Friday for up to $400 off. That's 800 by dell
0: all right thank you to koc for joining us always a pleasure to have him on uh really just yeah there's
1: like good people and then there's koc where you talk about like Mm -hmm. a person genuinely doing something for the virtuous reason and koc since i met him for the first time i couldn't believe like i always thought there was going to be some sort of like fallout where there would be like the real kevin would come out and he would you know be Mm -hmm. this big jerk or something but it turns out koc is the nicest guy in the world but he also loves the nba draft and he also does better a better job than pretty much anyone i know getting you prepared for it so
0: He is, he is, I I mean this sincerely. I think he's the best guy in sports media that I've ever Mm. met who uh, will say his take. He will, he will let everyone tell him he's a moron, Mm -hmm. throw shit at him left and And right. And then go, I
1: I don't know. I just think that this guy, and he'll smile (laughs) through
0: it all and be like, okay. (laughs) And he's genuine. He's not like mocking. He's not like, if that's how you see it, that's, (laughs) that's cute that you see it, that he's just like, yeah,
1: there's no snark there. It's like genuine conversation. No snark. It's good. (laughs)
0: And that's a rarity in our business. So uh God love them. Uh, all right, let's do some superlatives. Uh I'll let you start. We we both uh we, we, we did not settle on these, like it's mm. not like we both got together, we're like, you pick your best shooter and I'll pick and 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 whatever. <laughs> so uh it's open-ended. Yeah. You can you can list whatever you want to list, assign whoever you want to sign mm. to those uh i'll let you go first
1: yes so when we did superlatives uh like you said there were we said we're going to give five for each other we didn't have any conversation about this and then i did my research where i was going around and i'm like i wonder if the nba actually gives out superlatives and of course they do but they're all stupid you know they're all like basic like you Mm -hmm. said like you know best defensive most yeah yeah whatever yeah Yeah. like
0: most valuable throw it out throw it out
1: the window rookie
0: of the year most likely to be successful yeah i don't care
1: about (laughs) that so i created my first award that i want to give out is called the Swaggy Pool Award. And I know a lot of people, (laughs) they hear this and they think, "Is this mean that he has, you know, obviously swag and the fact that he's going to make it about himself? No, the Swaggy Pool Award goes to the player that has been convinced that he is a three-point specialist, but he's actually not that good of a shooter, therefore has the worst three-point percentage in the league after his first season. That is the Swaggy Pool Award. He shot 29.7% from three this year as a rookie, Uh, the worst in the league, as I said. My pick for the Swaggy Pull Award in this draft, Josh Green from Arizona. I think mm. Josh Green is going to be a first-round pick. They're going to get him into program. a program. They're going to say, Josh Green, we need you to be a specialist. A Take one. these shots for us. Just like they told Swaggy Pool with the Warriors. he will shoot 29%. And that is my first superlative, the Swaggy Pull Award.
0: That is, that is fantastic. I don't think I can even add anything <laughs> to that. I think, I think you did. I think you, uh, got all the meat off well let me just rate. say as i was, was as i was play. trying
1: to come with these superlatives i just looked up the rookies like what they did this year and when i found out that swaggy yeah. p had the worst three point per- percentage in the league i was like this is too good to pass out
0: well i'm gonna stick with my first one i'm gonna stick with the michigan theme mm. i'm gonna stick with the shooting mm. theme and uh my first superlative i'm handing out is the duncan robinson wow draft. i we, we, didn't, we didn't talk to koc about mm. this but uh we we we've had the discussion before that like duncan is is playing so well in the nba that like you have to think that at some point maybe this Mm. year people are going to start talking Mm. about like trying to find the next duncan robinson in this draft. who's the guy in the Mm. second round Mm. that's just a lights out shooter whatever and it pains me to say this because this is a man who every single time i watched him play he sucks. (laughs) like i I, I think i was just cursed (laughs) Like, every time I turned on the TV, I was like, this guy is not good at basketball. Um, I don't understand why people still think he's good. But, Tate, mm. the numbers that are coming out of the combine, um, spot up threes. He shot 82%, which is the best. Uh, they did this endurance drill where the, for five minutes you shoot consecutive three. Mm. You just shoot threes for five minutes at game speed. And you just The idea is you get tired and start – Uh, breathing heavy and and how well can you shoot when you're breathing heavy he hit 78 percent of those which was the best of all the combine guys they're still doing the combine by the way it's just like virtual it's on zoom or something i don't know yeah no one no one knows how it works but
1: it's apparently happening
0: i guess we all just like click the same (laughs) zoom all we know is the mellow ball does not look
1: good in these zoom (laughs) events
0: uh the man i'm speaking of is jordan warra oh wow He is 6'7", 220 pounds. He shot like 40% from three, averaged 18 points a game. Like I said, he had a great career at Louisville. I just didn't see it. Like every time I turned on the TV and watched him, I was like, this guy sucks. I don't understand how he's putting up these numbers. He never puts up the numbers. I just picked the worst games, I guess. So uh, I was never a fan of him in college. But I have to admit, if I'm picking a guy – who uh you know we had Aaron Niesmith on the program mm. he said he's the best shooter in the mm. draft I think I'm I'm going to believe that I want to believe his own analysis of his shooting I think he's the best shooter but if we're looking for the second round like specialist uh where did this guy you look up in three years mm. you're like where did this guy come from who's hitting four threes a game for some team uh like Duncan Robinson is doing now um I think Jordan mm. the thing, so
1: I cannot Locked believe that after all this time where you and I have watched Jordan Wara play with the Louisville Cardinals, and you and I look at each other and we say, What is it that we're missing here? Well, I don't get it. Yeah. That he is able to get the Duncan Robinson. Word? I think that's the upset of the I draft special. I, I can't be- believe that. I don't it's the difference.
0: <laughs> we talked about it. It's the difference between college basketball and pro basketball, Tate. Mm. It's it's it, that was college dwarf. This is this is pro Dwarra. Uh he's going to be, he's, I don't know. I, 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 I have to be objective mm-hmm. here. And I think uh, the numbers speak for themselves. Mm. He's great at the combine. When has a guy ever been great at the combine? Not in NBA. Mm. Never mm-hmm. happens. Mm.
1: I love that. I love that. <laughs> not happened one time, <laughs> yeah, one time, you know it. Uh, speaking of the thing that happened one time ever, my next award is most likely to be a 22 year old selected in the lottery. Uh, this is of course the cam Johnson award. Um, last year he was selected 11th overall. Kobe white responded with, Wow, bro. Wow. Wow. Can't believe that happened. Mm-hmm. And this year, the most likely 22-year-old uh, 20 year to be selected in the lottery. It's a pretty simple one, the Cam Johnson Award. I think you and I are very excited about this guy. KOC, who we just had on, I forgot to bring this up, but he called him the next Jalil Okafor, which I still don't understand what that may mean. It must be shades <laughs> of Jalil Okafor. The answer is Obi Toppin. Uh, he is 22 mm-hmm. years old. He is going to be in the lottery. He also shoots 39% from three. I'll repeat that again. 39% from the three-point line. Uh, this man dribbles behind his back. That's what That's what Warner shot from three, by the way.
0: The guy that I said is going to be the Duncan Robinson of the draft shot 39% in his Louisville career from three. So, and also
1: your Duncan Robinson of <laughs> the draft. Amari
0: Stoudemire, <laughs> Dalil Okafor, quote, I'm doing... Yeah. Very sarcastic quotes.
1: Um, um, Uh, That guy, Um, Amari Stoudemire 2.0 is going to shoot 40% from three uh, based on what we've seen before. So he is going to be selected in the lottery. I believe he will be the next 22-year-old, just like Cam Johnson, to be selected in the lottery. So that's my second Mm. superlative, Obi Toppin.
0: Well, that leads to my next one, which is the best guy who went between his legs and dunked in his last college game and also won National Player of the Year and Mm. is the best player in this draft in terms of like – I don't know if you played a full college basketball season and you had to analyze th- This is all the same title, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, I yeah. I'm saying, And you <laughs> had to analyze who's the best player over the course of an entire season where all these guys <laughs> are playing meaningful without games. using Kim Pong. <laughs> yeah. Who would you then say is the yeah. best player? My, my pick for that award is okay. Toppin. It, it was a close, it was a close race, mm-hmm. but I went with Obi Toppin for that pick. So uh, that is my, my, that is my second superlative. Um, Yeah, I, I, it it is, uh, I, I always love, I, I, I feel a sense of, uh, uh, like, responsibility as college basketball guys take to always like prop up the guys who are awesome mm-hmm. in college, which is why like people want to throw it back in my face. Cause I wrote some on the ringer about I think Marvin Bagley is going to be good in mm-hmm. NBA and like he should be considered mm-hmm. for the number one pick. Like, cause I, I said at the time, I was like, I don't know shit about Luka Doncic. I still, I still stand by mm-hmm. that. So, like, I was like, if you, if you remove Luka Doncic and you're telling me like Aiden Bagley, Trey Young, whatever, like, I don't know if I would take Bagley one, but like, I watched Bagley at Duke. He's going to be he good. Should be was, uh, yeah, yeah, he should point. be in the
1: conversation. Yeah, he should
0: be in the conversation. Like, he's going to be good. And for some reason, like, because all these other guys have been so good, there's, there's now a narrative that Marvin Bagley sucks, which to, to, to channel my inner Jim Calhoun, he's not, mm-hmm. bad. He's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. bad. He's not bad. He's not a bad player. Yeah, uh, yeah it, so it, it, I, I, don't, I'm, I feel like I'm doing the same with Toppin now, where it's like I, I just can't live in a world where I watch what Toppin did all season. And then I turn on my TV in a few years and I, I learned that he's not a good NBA yeah. player. Like I can't, that doesn't make any sense that,
1: That's me. exactly, I feel it's same. yeah, my Obi Toppin and, and Trey Young had that same feeling for me. After watching Trey Young in November, December, January, where he was averaging 30 and 10 at Oklahoma, there was like, I remember B- Bill said he was the best college basketball player of all time uh, in December that year. <laughs> and, and there was like those moments, right? Where you're just kind of like, I don't see a world in which this guy goes to the next level and at least doesn't have some sort of significant impact, and Trey Young has you know, he was made fun of for the Luca, you know, trade and all sort of stuff. But like Trey Young's been great, you know, Luca's, Luca's been, great been greater yeah. than yeah. maybe anyone we've ever seen at that age. But Trey Young has also been great, and I think that says a lot about that guy. DeAndre, Aydin's exactly, exactly.
0: Marvin Bagley, <laughs> like, it's like sometimes you can just look at a draft yeah. class and be like, all these guys are pretty good now. Granted, you know, like the Kings they they screwed yeah. up, like they did screw up, they should have Vladdy is Gondheim. gone like, now, and, and Vladi, yeah, like, should have gone number one. But this idea that like I don't know they 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 took Anthony Bennett like the Suns took Anthony Bennett number one and then the the Kings took yeah. Kwame Brown mm-hmm. the second mm-hmm. like no no <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna raise my hand and say not no? quite not quite <laughs> that's not what happened. <laughs> um, Anyway, that that is my second category. I love that Obi
1: Toppin is uh, getting all the love. My next uh, category, and this is a guy that we would call a friend of the program. He came on our show. He was very honest. He was very open. He went to Virginia, from Virginia. His name mm-hmm. is Justin Anderson. And my next category is most likely to fight Justin Anderson – <laughs> and, and I say this because Justin Anderson has fought Carmelo Anthony. Justin Anderson has fought Dwayne Wade. And I think, you know, there's something that happens when you get in a fight. You have that same energy as a veteran where you want to get in a fight with rookies. And I think the most likely person to fight him is someone that reminds him of someone else that fought him before. And that answer is Anthony Edwards, the new D-Wade. Let's
0: go. D-Wade
1: Let's go. and Justin Anderson got to fight in 2018. Anthony Edwards comes in the league this year. He gets Justin Anderson all riled up in a Brooklyn game. And there we go. We got a fight. So most likely to fight Justin Anderson in this new group, Anthony Edwards.
0: I think LaMelo has to be Yeah, he could uh, be like a- up there. Like LaMelo, I could see but LaMelo's not a Justin Anderson fight. is an everyone yeah. fight. Like I could see LaMelo fighting just everyone yeah. at all yeah. times, including himself. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, that's a great pick. Great category. Yeah, too, yeah. by the way. Good work on that one. Uh my next one is the best no best non Obi Toppin 1st <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh we, yeah. we 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 mentioned this with KOC uh the there were five, I believe, five guys that were on the first team All-American team. That's how yeah, it works, five. right? Yeah. Um, and it was, Miles, I believe it was Miles Powell, Marcus Howard, uh, Peyton Pritchard, Obi Toppin, and Luca Garza. Mm. Now, Luca Garza, obviously, has come back to college. He is not in this draft. Obi Toppin does not count because this is the best non-Obi Toppin mm-hmm. version. So we're talking Marcus Howard, Miles Powell, Peyton Pritchard. Who do you got out of those three? Who's going to be the best out of all those guys? They're all projected to go second round if they're drafted at all uh it's a no-brainer to me the answer is Peyton Pritchard mm. um I I I think I when I watch Peyton Pritchard I see shades of I don't know TJ McConnell mm. for example uh I don't know let me think of some other guys Alex Caruso mm. Ryan Archidiacano, mm. like maybe with a mix of like Steve Blake or Karine- Aaron Craft. uh I don't a little Aaron Craft mm-hmm. in there I don't know if there's a theme mm-hmm. to these picks uh, mm-hmm. maybe like a Luke Rittenour mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um shades of shades of no <laughs> shades uh, so of fred peyton, van vliet as well somehow <laughs> <Shades>. <laughs> uh so I, I feel like peyton pritchard as as a white point guard is going to be like put into that mcconnell and and alex caruso type classic guys uh mm. where you know maybe he's memed a little bit maybe he's whatever i just want to remind everybody peyton pritchard is great yep. Peyton Pritchard is a great basketball player who averaged like 20 and five and and I think like five rebounds too, almost. Like he was a great rebounder, first Mm -hmm. of all. Um, Secondly, this man, and and I I say this because a lot of people listening did not watch Pac-12 basketball. I just want to remind you, Peyton Pritchard has ice water in his veins. This man is clutch as shit. We saw him go to Michigan and basically like end all the talk of Xavier Simpson being one of the best point guards in the country. Like right out of the gate when Oregon goes and plays in Michigan on CBS and Peyton Pritchard just eats Mm -hmm. his lunch over and over and over uh there's the game at washington where he was was that goes into overtime and peyton pritchard hits the game winning three and uh there was the game at at cal i i I seem to remember like in the second half peyton pritchard goes off and saves oregon oregon was not a great basketball team without peyton pritchard i want to make that point like like they have good players but duarte and 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 mathis like if you watch those guys like they were so inconsistent especially mathis like mathis would go nuts he went nuts on against michigan um, and then he'd like disappear for stretches. Peyton Pritchard was the guiding light, the steady force for Oregon. The whole reason Oregon was good last year was Peyton Pritchard. And I just want to point that out that like some team is going to draft him in the second round and he is going to work his balls off. But it's he's not like he's he is not an Aaron Craft mm-hmm. type where you look at him, you're like, the only reason he's good, he's not a Matthew Delavinova. Yeah. He's not good because he's like scrappy and plays hard. He's good because he's mm-hmm. good. And he also, on top of that, is scrappy and yeah. plays hard. So, um, I, 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 we didn't talk about Peyton Pritchard with KFC, and I just want to make sure. I went on a little Peyton Pritchard rant because I, I love
1: him. Yeah, so he's much. so great. And I think like trying to diminish his actual talent playing the game of basketball is like, we do that jokingly, but people are going to do that seriously. And I think that's going to be a fatal flaw because like you said, you get Peyton Pritchard in a pat in a practice with your team, you're going to realize that he yeah. is a top flight player. He went to the net. Na- he went to the final four, not the NAF championship, but the final four with Oregon as a freshman, he's the starting point guard on that team. Like he's been around Dylan Brooks. Who's on the Grizzlies and starts and plays like that was his former teammate. So He's seen guys of his same ilk go and be successful in the NBA. It's not going to be a surprise to him at all. Uh, And uh, yeah, I think that's a great pick.
0: If Peyton Pritchard was from, I don't know, Italy, like KOC would have him going on. He'd be the next
1: Tony Parker. If
0: If it was Peyton (laughs) Pritchoni. (laughs) <laughs> if that was his name and he was from Italy, yeah. uh yeah, KOC would be like this guy is is top ten for mm. sure. Uh <laughs> and, and he forged his birth certificate. You said he was 19. Mm. People would be foaming at the mouth over. Him. Mm. So uh anyway, shout out Peyton mm-hmm. Richard.
1: Your next uh pick, my next David. pick is uh the college dodger pick uh this is someone that decided that they did not want to be a part of the blue blood system they did not want to be a part of the titus and tate universe by being a college basketball player they wanted to be different terrence ferguson you know was a guy that did this uh you know the the list goes on brandon jennings the list goes on and on we know we know these guys we know what they're about Lamelo ball will also be in this draft a lot of people would say that should be the pick I actually call this the Darius Baisley Award. Um, this is uh, the mm-hmm. Out of Nowhere Award, basically. And the answer is a name I threw out to KOC, R.J. Hampton. R.J. Mm-hmm. Hampton has already claimed that he, once he gets in the NBA, will be the fastest player in the NBA. Um, Spencer mm-hmm. Dinwoody was so upset about that that he reached out to De'Aaron Fox <laughs> to make sure that he saw that. R.J. Hampton is so good that he convinced Tracy McGrady to become an agent. Because Tracy McGrady had R.J. Hampton at his facility down there in Texas and was like, oh, wow, we're, we're going to have to be an agent because we have so many good players. And R.J. was basically the prototype of that. R.J. Hampson, RJ Hampton is going to make waves. He is not afraid to, uh, like I said, be confident and, and say how he feels about things. I think Brooklyn is the best pick for him to go 19 to Brooklyn where he goes in with Kyrie and KD and those guys and they – kind of mentor him mm. and let him be loose and kind of what CP three did with Baisley this year, you know, teach him how to, to learn the game, but also you see the talent there. Um, so my draft Dodger, college Dodger, whatever you want to call him uh, is a guy. <laughs> draft yeah. Whatever draft. you want to call That's him. Uh, uh, it is RJ Hampton.
0: You, you said that he wasn't in the Titans and Tate universe and I'm going to correct you. Cause he slightly was, mm. if I remember correctly. And, and I'm only like 85% sure. I'm right. Uh, wasn't RJ Hampton. A heavy Kansas lean, and and it felt like he was going to go to Kansas, and he was like teasing Kansas, and he's tweeting out like eyeball emojis with photoshops of him in Kansas jerseys, and then he sets up this big announcement, and then the big reveal. I'm going. I'll show you. (laughs) all of you, I'm gone.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Yeah which we loved at the
1: time. Yeah. No, we, we, definitely, like, we definitely we so definitely loved it. I think uh like yeah. <laughs> I, I think if if RJ Hampton had gone to Duke then he could be like a Cassius Stanley situation where it's kind of like I don't really know where he goes. He might not even get drafted, but the fact that he has that you you talked to KFC about. It. The fact that nobody really knows how good he is.
0: Yeah, he's got it, the it's, mysteries. He's it's going to hype him up. Yeah.
1: So RJ Hampton's my yeah. pick there.
0: All right. Good pick. Uh I'm I'm doing a more serious pick for this one because it's it's just like I looked at the I looked at like mock drafts and looked at guys that are in the draft and all that. And I was like, I I just want to find a way to give this guy some yeah. shine. And we mentioned it with KOC. So my my pick is second round steal. I assume that you're gonna have the same pick. If I was to to put a gun mm. to your head and make you have a second round steal pick, it's Devon Dotson. Mm. It is uh of of Kansas who um I'll say it, he was the best player on Kansas. Uh I was a one Big Twelve player of the year and 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 seemed to be like the guy that everyone loved, and and Ozebuke deserved a lot of it because you know Kansas's defense was the best in the country last year, and Azubuoke was a big reason why. But uh, you know Garrett was great defending; he was a great. He had, Garrett actually ended up winning a national defensive player. Yeah, team, right. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of weird, like who's the best? That, that's how I knew Kansas is gonna mm-hmm. win the national mm-hmm. title. It's because there's a lot of a lot of that who's the they, best. They
1: won the national Arkansas title Texas. in Maui for people that don't know. They beat yeah. Kansas or they well, beat Dayton to win the national championship. To
0: that point, like this is why Dotson Dotson never like got the love that Azubuke did, or like Miles Garrett gets the Miles Garrett. Uh, <laughs> Marcus no, no, Garrett, Marcus yeah. Garrett. Marcus Garrett gets the love for uh you know. Being the best perimeter defender on on kansas and, and the country for that matter but what we saw in maui was indicative of like the entire season for kansas which was that devon dotson was the steady force mm. he was and not just because he was the point guard but like he was uh he 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 scored at will on yep. Dayton. it was it was it was unbelievable and that was like just watching him be in total control of the game at all times um and and that was true throughout the season. And he was just like always the guy that Kansas could get the ball to because Kansas's offense last year was a little shaky. And I guess that's the one reason Dotson isn't going higher and people aren't higher on him, is because of shooting. Mm. He's not a great mm. shooter. Um, but there's so many times Kansas would would be out of sorts, and you just kind of give the ball to Dotson. He just takes a deep breath. And like as someone who didn't have any stake in the game, and I would watch these games happen, especially like Kansas is playing teams like Baylor and, and you know, Kansas plays a great schedule. Mm. So they were in big games all the time. Uh Whenever that would happen and Dotson would have the ball in like big moments, I was like, oh, this is going to work out. Like He's going to find a way. He's going to relax. He's going to calm down. Uh, you want to talk about fast. This guy's fast as shit yeah. as well. Uh, I, I don't know. There's a lot, lot to love about Devon Dotson. He, he made a big jump as well. I, 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 I think that needs to be mentioned, hmm. that from a freshman to sophomore season, uh, he did make a leap. He's always, he is improving. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to do the lazy thing where you just compare guys to the same sc- – schools so i'm not going to do this but uh you know i just want to point out Devonte graham is is like six two mm. uh played played at kansas um is from north carolina yeah and and yeah and devon dutton also was Devonte graham a second yeah. round pick
1: yeah, yeah Devontae huh. Graham basically huh. got to Charlotte because uh, Shea Gilders alexander decided that he did not want to play in Charlotte. He pulled to Kobe. So then they made the trade. Uh, Mitch made the trade mm-hmm. uh, with Jerry West and the Clippers to basically get Miles Bridges to be the 12th pick. And then they got a second-round mm-hmm. pick, and then they got Devontae Graham. Devontae yeah. Graham. So.
0: oh would would you leave? D- Devon Dotson, also 6'2", also played at Kansas and is also from North wow. Carolina. Huh.
1: People wow, people were shocked For by sure. that. He also <laughs> might be the fastest player on the draft. You just said that, but I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. And then if you look at the draft, there are – There's like a window from like 34 to 36 where you can get your Malcolm Brogdon or your Draymond green. And two of those picks 34 and 36 are for the Sixers. And I love the idea of the Sixers bringing in Dotson and being their backup point guard, a guy that they can groom. And I think that like shake Milton and Dotson are like a great young backcourt to like, try to see who your point guard is there. And then they can also 76ers get a guy like a veteran is Xavier Tillman, like 36 right there. So um, yeah, that's great. I think Dotson's a great pick. Um, this is our final one, right? This is my, yeah. Final one. Yeah, go ahead. My final superlative. It is uh, one that we have always laughed about, and uh, it is called the Jason Tatum Award, but it's really the He's Only Nineteen Award, and uh, the He's Only Nineteen Award. Something that we will <laughs> <we'll> hear this <laughs> about certain players for quite some time as we get through. The Tyrese Maxi is the name that I that I thought about putting in here, but the real answer is who KOs who had number one on his draft board. It's Killian Hayes. Uh, the yeah. fact that he is 19, the fact that everyone can point to his youth and he will do amazing things and we can be like, oh my God, this guy's only 19. Jason Tatum.
0: He's been doing it against grown men yeah, for years. Yeah. Jason
1: Tatum is the, the prime <laughs> example of this. Our former boss, Bill Simmons, used to always say this. this is where it comes from. But he's only 19 award for me. It's uh, got to go to Killian Hayes this year because he's going to get all the love for being a young man.
0: I I have no opinion on Killian. Yeah. Like that, that is my guarantee to the American people is that... Anytime guys are coming out of Europe, I promise yeah. you, I will have no opinion on them. I will not try to pretend like they're good. I will not try to pretend like they're bad. Mm. I will tell you, I did not watch them because I was busy watching college basketball, mm. uh, which is my God given <laughs> right as a red blooded American. <laughs> so uh, I'm not watching Euroleague basketball. I'm sorry. You know who plays in Euroleague? John yeah. Deebler. So, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, come on. you are telling me, Hayes and John Deebler. Come on, get out of here. Get John Deebler famously bozos.
1: traded for Carmelo Anthony. People forget that.
0: Yeah. It was. was. All right. Uh, my final pick, <laughs> I got to get my phone yeah. ready.
1: Cause you're going to love this.
0: My final pick is the Kyle's guy. Oh
1: yes. yes. I would like
0: to, I would like to call attention to, to the fact that Lamine Jenae, the original Kyle's yes. guy on our former program that we did, uh, it's in this draft mm-hmm. team. He's a two-time Big West Player of the Year. He he averaged like twenty-five and eleven. He his stats are insane. Yeah, it, no, Brandon he's is unbelievable. West, but yeah. like, like he's gonna be a guy that like when you go look at the Sports Reference, you do the the stat search, and you're trying to do like a Big Ten stat mm-hmm. of the day, where you're like, is Luka Garza the first player to average, ever ever mm-hmm. average eighteen mm-hmm. and eleven mm-hmm. with three mm-hmm. blocks? And and then you type it in, you're like, no, nope, it was Devonte Did it? Oh no, yes. <laughs> no. No, Lamine Jenae is the guy that's going to pop up on yeah. all those. It's like like he's up there like Glenn Robinson mm. and like Tim Duncan. It's just yeah. like eye-popping stats. Granted, Tim Duncan and Glenn Robinson <laughs> did it in, in ACC, but still. still. Uh, Lamine Jenae did it with Mark Godfrey as his coach, which <laughs> yeah, is arguably... Even harder. <laughs> CJ Leslie's like, uh, that's
1: really impressive.
0: But I, I'm talking too much about him. The The real man we need to hear from is the Lamine Jenae expert. Mm. Kyle Crichton, our former producer. I'm gonna call him and let's 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 see if Kyle has anything to say about this. Let's see if we can get Kyle off guard. I'm calling him.
2: What's up?
0: <laughs> Kyle, I just realized I'm holding the phone up to the microphone. So you're probably not gonna be able to hear what Tate says because you don't have the I don't know how to get around this, but um anyway. We're 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 on the we're doing the show right now and uh we're giving out some privileges. And I just, I brought up Lamin-Janae as my Kyle's guy of this draft. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just figured we had to call you and let you uh, say your piece. Okay. Do, do you have any thoughts on Lamin-Janae? <laughs> first of all, were you aware that Lamin-Janae is in this draft?
1: Hold on. Let me just boot up Google really fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I figured it was about time you add two years, right? And this, this should be it. I think I was asking you last year if he was going to be in the draft. But, <laughs> time is a circle. But... It looks like he is. ESPN has him at 70. <laughs> how many, how many players are, uh, get drafted? 60 60. Get drafted. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, so hold on. So what about like,
0: you know, NFL <laughs> undrafted free agents? No, artists, it, dude, know, right? it's honestly, it's better if you go undrafted because then, um, you can kind of like pick what team you're to go with mm. and you kind of like, you know, you get to, you get to analyze the landscape and you can, have your agent make calls and stuff like that so maybe it's better that he goes undrafted but like do, do you do you want to send him mm-hmm. off like he's officially done with college basketball i feel like uh you know he, he we gotta we gotta let him out of the nest now kyle and i feel like it's your duty to to say goodbye to mm-hmm. him and let him fly away so
1: well i'm not gonna be saying goodbye because uh, <laughs> i didn't go to any really any college basketball games except for the sun games and uh <laughs> if he goes anywhere in california i'll be oh. there
0: would you buy his jersey if he uh, if he makes an NBA roster? One
1: hundred percent. Deal. I'm not like an NBA jersey guy; more of an NFL jersey guy. Um, but yeah, I get that for sure. I think the last uh, NBA jersey I have is a New York Carmelo jersey. So it's about
0: time. All right. Well, we'll let you go. Uh, I, I blindsided you with this. I didn't mean to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, you're lucky, dude, because about five minutes ago, I would have been in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I just started talking about Lamine Janae, and then I realized like, it, I, I'm not qualified to be doing this. I call yeah, call really the fine. guy. I have my first thoughts. So uh, we love you, Kyle. Go, go back to taking a dump or whatever it is. Oh, how great. <laughs> Uh, How great. Yeah. So there, there it, it is. is. Let me Janae. The story for those who don't remember is uh, we went to Pepperdine uh, Cal State Northridge games because it was Lorenzo Romar versus Mark Gottfried. Mm-hmm. And we were there sitting courtside. Um, and Kyle came with us. And Kyle fell in love with Lamine and Looked at us and was like, "Is this guy? This guy's an All American." Yeah, he's right? like, he's, he's like, you know, this guy,
1: right? He's like, "All oh, you guys know number 35. We're like, "Who is yeah, that?" Yeah. It's all. Is so he going to be the number one pick? <laughs> it's also like the crazy story where we're if you know, in ten years from now, we're going to be talking like Colby Ross, who was on Pepperdine, is going to be an NBA you know guy next year, who's a point guard, and Lamine yeah. Janay obviously will be in the NBA probably you know relatively soon. No, he will. Be. So we're going to so we're going to have our business. Mike Wilbon moment. We're going to be like, remember when we at that Mark Godfrey Lorenzo Romar show, Mel? We saw <laughs> yeah. Colby Ross play Lamin <laughs> what a time yeah what a
0: time we're gonna reference that Yeah, yeah. Mo Williams so. got a hot dog at halftime uh,
1: with us we were like what is going on <laughs> don't you have to coach your team yeah
0: <laughs> Simpler times, and we could go to college basketball games. Uh, um,
1: all right, that was fun,
0: fun, uh, fun show, fun, fun with all the draft coverage, all that kind of stuff. Uh, shout outs, closeouts, anything, we need yeah. To we I just want
1: to shout out, I, as I was getting prepared for this uh, whole situation, I was going through all the comps that existed throughout time. And the first shout out, I want to shout out to the 2009 NBA draft because I think that was the first draft that really changed me as a basketball viewer where I went from like a fan to just trying to figure out what was going on in the world. Michael Jackson died that same day um there were mm, that was my birthday Then there, there were four point guards that were drafted uh <laughs> by the minnesota timberwolves uh and none of them made sense basically or four guards they took wayne ellington ty lawson johnny flynn and ricky rubio so that was like the first time i like looked at a draft i was like what is going on this is so strange and then i started doing some research in the next year as i was previewing guys Kyrie irving here was his comp and i just want to shout out this comp because i think it, was, it made me die laughing worst case in quotations a rich man's Eric Mayner, and, and I just wanted to shout out whoever wrote that. I don't know who wrote that, but it was like aggregated and pulled up. And I just wanted to say like one, the 2009 draft seminal moment in my life shout out to 2009 draft. And then the next year, shout out to the guy that said Kyrie Irving worst case is the rich man's Eric Maynard, a man that hit the shot against Duke, uh, you know, with VCU and, and all the history there. But I just, I just thought that was great. So just shout out to NBA comps in general and shout out to worst case, rich man's Eric Maynard.
0: Rich man's Eric Maynor. A lot of um, people don't even know who
1: Eric Maynor is, but he he is a March uh, Madness star.
0: Nor- all North Carolina fans know exactly who Eric Maynard yeah.
1: is. Who who are we kidding?
0: I mean, uh, so I th- you you talk about like drafts that are memorable and all that. Uh, the the draft that stands out to me of my youth that I will always remember forever is 1998. Mm. Uh, Candy goes number one, and the reason I'll remember it is because uh. The, the Toronto Raptors were a fledgling franchise. Mm. Uh, my dad's college roommate, Butch Carter, uh, who, who played for the Indiana Hoosiers, brother of Chris Carter, uh, Hall, NFL Hall of Famer. He was the newly appointed, I believe, I believe it was the same year. Like he, he had just become the new Toronto Raptors head mm. coach. And, uh, and I got excited about this because I was like, oh my God, my dad knows a guy who's going to be a head coach at the NBA. Like, I, am I going to be a Raptors mm. fan? And th- this is this is this is when I realize I'm a moron when it comes to the draft because the Raptors take Antoine Jameson, I believe third or was it fourth? It was third. It was fourth and fifth, four- right? With him fourth, and, fourth. Yeah. And then Vince he goes fifth. Switch, yeah. Um, and I'd watch these guys all through. I know you're the Carolina fan on the program, but I I watched them I watched them religiously. Those guys, like that Carolina team was so cool. Mm. And and Vince mm-hmm. and you know, like Jameson, I thought was the best player in the country. And uh and I loved Antoine Jamison so much as a college basketball player and the Raptors took Antoine Jamison. And I go, Oh my God, mm. I am all in on the mm-hmm. Toronto Raptors. They just took the, my favorite college basketball player from this past season. I know the head coach. This is unbelievable. Could this get any better? And then they traded him for Vince Carter. And I said, what are we <laughs> doing? I was like, why would you trade for the worst of the two? Antoine Jameson is the better player. What are we doing? Mm. And then that's that I think that was the moment I realized college basketball and NBA basketball. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's a that's a great story because I remember I was at the Warriors facility and I made uh Bill take a picture of me in front of Antoine. You know, they have like all the players on the wall and they had Antoine Jameson from their from that draft, yeah. and they have like a picture of him dribbling. I was like, Can you take a picture of me? And he was like, With Antoine Jamison? <laughs> was like yeah. yes, Antoine Jameson, the greatest player I've ever seen in college like, basketball. Yeah, one yeah. Of the, yeah,
0: absolute <laughs> legend at Carolina yeah uh so i i hit the eject button on the toronto raptors and boy what a mistake! air canada
1: yeah then they became yeah. air canada Then yeah. came mugsy bogues vince carter charles oakley what a time man
0: uh i have a few shout outs least... i want to shout out bill walton turned 68 on thursday wow one more uh, year yep the race the race <laughs> is on we're about 365 days away from from bill walton wow uh, winning the race wow to we're gonna
1: see so... him in maui next year after he's 69 too. oh my god that. that's gonna be amazing oh my god so we, we should know, actually race. I want to race him for the race of sixty nine. I want to do sixty nine yards. We should yeah, race him. Yeah, out. We yeah. should get.
0: We should get in kayaks <laughs> and like just race it. Like you and I are. Pe- it's him and Billis and you and I. And like we have like a Fox <laughs> versus ESPN thing. We're like we're
1: <laughs>
0: for all yeah. the marbles They the don't know what they agreed to,
1: but we're fully in. a
0: hand carved canoe, and we're going at it. Uh, I also want to shout out the Ohio State Buckeyes for for you know just being mature. Player with all safety. This, this COVID Player situation. Safety. Player yeah. safety. I think. Uh, so. Everyone remembers Duke pulled out of the the Battle for Atlantis, uh the Zombie Battle for Atlantis when he got moved to South Dakota State. Cowardly move. I mm-hmm. think everyone can agree it was very cowardly. They didn't want to play some of the uh the the heavy hitters that were going to be in that tournament. Just just a cowardly way of handling business. And I think what they should have done is done what Ohio State just just announced that they are doing, which is pulling out of the, the Zombie Battle for Atlantis. Uh and this time, I, I actually think this is like a very smart, mature move because case coronavirus cases are spiking in South Dakota, um, and and I just I, I just want to give a round of applause to Chris Holman for taking the high mm. road here and doing the responsible mm. thing. That uh, you know, because there are a lot of cowards out there that 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 would run from a challenge. Chris Holman's not doing that. He wants to play, but I I, I know he wants to play, Tate. Mm. It's just uh, you know. Some Things are more yeah. important. Thank you, you know?
1: Coach Holtman, for being above uh the fray. <laughs> that's really what we want to say. That's that's something that we need to hear.
0: Is that is that is that uh thing is, is the last 45 seconds of me talking going to end up in a podcast review? I think it is. I think someone there's gonna be a review that's gonna be like, screw this guy for defending his team. I give you one star. <laughs> <laughs> I give you one star. The Ohio State Homerism is out of yeah, control. Yeah. One star. Uh no, the zombie battle for Atlantis that's <laughs> going on and uh and and South Dakota, Ohio State has pulled out. St. Mary's is going to take their place. So uh, assuming, you know, this, this thing actually happens.
1: You know. mm, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. I I, uh, I do That's think it. that this year Maui being played without a hitch in Asheville will be the stamp that says we are the premier tournament. Uh, you know, with this mm-hmm. whole Atlanta situation with yeah. teams pulling out in South Dakota, it just, it's not as clean as Maui. Maui just made a decision. We're going to Asheville. We're going to figure it out. And everyone's staying in and we're playing. So there you go. Shout out -hmm. Shout out to the Maui slash Asheville Invitational. I also wanted to shout out to the old NBA draft. Um, I think that a lot of people I've heard them say that this is unprecedented. And I just wanted to bring up the fact that in 1984, the NBA draft had 228 players drafted. Um, There used to be 10 rounds of the NBA draft. Mm -hmm. There used to be, uh, basically, if you were drafted after 100, it used to just be a free-for-all where – Friends of the team would get drafted. Uh, Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner was drafted in the draft, uh, you know, back in the day. Uh, I mean, there's like Gerald Ford was drafted in the NBA draft back in the day. A minority leaner in the House of Representatives. Carl Lewis was drafted in the NBA draft. Dave Winfield was drafted in the NBA draft. This is all after, you know, the 100th pick. And and like Artis Gilmore was picked after the 100th pick. So like they would have real players and also like these celebrity picks that they would make. And I was just saying, that's if there was an unprecedented year, like they keep saying this draft, like, let's do that. Like, let, let's, let's do, do that. that. I think like so. let's let people make picks so. and draft guys that they want to be representing their team. And Charlotte Hornets, I'm in to be picked. Uh, I don't care when it is. But like, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, bring back really unprecedented. Stop saying unprecedented when it is precedent that it is a crazy year. And let's bring back the unpre- like, yeah. let's just bring it back. Let's do it that's that's 10 rounds that's
0: i i I had no idea that that happened that's like the the Harlem. so did did these guys know they were getting drafted because it reminds me of the harlem globetrotters like when when they drafted me after college they called me and told me I was drafted, and I was like, huh?
1: They, they, they were <laughs> drafting.
0: Like, I, just, I just imagine that phone call being like the Bruce Jenner one being similar to mine, where he's like, "Yeah, huh? No, what? I mean,
1: there literally used to be ball boys that drafted were drafted like, as a gift. And like, like, there was like a kid for his birthday, he was drafted, and then they like sent him like, <laughs> you know, like, you got drafted by the Hawks. Uh, it, I was shocked to read it. A kid's name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and look at him now. The Hawks are still like, we own his
0: rights. We drafted him when he was a ball boy. Um, Wow, I want to give a shout. I want to give another Buckeye shout out to uh, Phil Mattingly, Mm. uh, who's a name people might not know. um, But if if you saw his face, you would probably know it. If you've been watching the election coverage, Uh, he is the guy that that taps out for John King. John King is the guy doing the maps Mm -hmm. on CNN. And then when it gets to a certain hour, John King needs to go like in his hyperbaric chamber and like rest up for thirty minutes so he can come back out. Um, Phil Mattingly is the guy they turn to. Young gun, up and comer. Very good at zooming in on the counties, tapping mm-hmm. them around. Anyway, uh, he's a Buckeye Tate, so I just wanted to shout him out. He's uh, he is, I, I love to see Buckeyes just prominently featured, getting a lot of love. He, his 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 map work is impeccable. He played baseball at Ohio State, Ooh. actually, so uh, shout-out Yeah, Jr. I love
1: that. Good shout-out. Uh, I want to shout-out Draft Express because I found a great little uh, nugget as I was going through all this stuff. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks are the worst drafting team ever uh, over the past 22 years. <laughs> of the 23 first-round picks they've had over the last 22 years, only one became a star, and they immediately had traded his rights away. That guy was Pau Gasol. Uh, they only drafted three solid starters during that tenure, uh, Jason Terry, Stacey Ogman, and Kevin Willis. The rest were all basically duds. Uh, And I just want to shout out the Atlanta Hawks just for the fact that like they are so uh, like they've gone through so many trials and tribulations and they're so downtrodden yet every single year it does seem like there's hope. Like last year they get Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. Then before that it was Trey Young. It was like there always seems to be some sort of hope going on. So it does seem like the favor is turning. But I saw that stat and I was like, I cannot believe this is the Atlanta Hawks situation, and I can't believe that they drafted Pau Gasol and immediately traded him. <laughs> then you throw in the Luka part of it all, you know, and it's just – it's a yeah, mess. So just yeah. shout out to the Hawks. I'm thinking of you.
0: Shout out to just Georgia slash Atlanta yeah. sports.
1: Yeah. They, yeah they, just, uh, <laughs> what's
0: going on? Like, what's going on? Good yeah. luck. Good luck, to Uh Finally, uh, I want to shout out the New York Times crossword mm. uh, puzzle that uh, today's crossword puzzle, Friday, Tate, I, I – do the new york times crossword every so often um i've been doing a lot more lately i don't Mm. know why i just like uh i suck at him god i suck at him but I, I'm not I, a crossword I guy, know.
1: but I, I do. I remember Cam Austin Collins used to do the crosswords and then he would like send them over to me and I would try to get them done. But then, you know, it, it's always like yeah. that weird moment. Like we uh, we were together last Sunday and it was like that weird moment, Dan, where you're just like, I just want to know the answers. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just, you
0: just want to. Yeah. You were with me last Sunday when I was doing yeah. one and I had like five squares to go and I was like, do I really care? Yeah. No, I'm just going to Yeah, just give me the this. answer. So I, I would say I'm really good at getting like a crossword puzzle, like 70% mm. done. And then I just kind of bail. And maybe, I guess I would argue that I'm not stupid. I could have finished it. <laughs> <laughs> I just got exhausted. And I was like, I don't really give yeah. a shit. So I'm going to look up the answers. Uh, I think the reality is I
1: am stupid. <laughs> I, just like, I, would argue, I would argue it was a great segment.
0: <laughs> anyway, the point is, the reason I bring this up is I was doing today's Crossword Puzzle, Friday, the Friday edition of the New York mm-hmm. Times. Uh, there is a, a clue. It, is, it, is, it says ACC Powerhouse. It is three letters, Tate. Uh, so I, I'm going through and I, I usually just like kind of scroll through Mm. the clues and find the ones that like jump out to me. And it's like, Oh, I definitely know that one and put that in first. And then I go back and, you know, so I see that one, it jumps out to me, three letters, ACC basketball powerhouse, type it in UNC done. Let's move it on. Go to the next one. Uh, I start fleshing out the the puzzle today. It is not UNC. Who is it? It is UVA. So I just wanted to call that to your attention. The UVA, what did I tell the, you, the, I I tell you last episode? I told you last on.
1: episode. They have controlled the media. They, they are. On. They have infiltrated the media. I don't understand it. I don't know how it happened. I don't know when it happened, but they've taken our spot, and I don't like
0: it. <laughs> it is odd. I'm sorry. They are officially, according to the New York Times crosswords, UVA is officially an ACC basketball powerhouse. In fact, the ACC basketball powerhouse you should think of when you think of three-letter ACC no one ever says UVA, UVA. They
1: say Virginia. I uh, except for UVA fans. Uh I'm that's upsetting, but also not surprising. Okay. I just want to call it so. the South Soldiers Rivalry is back this season. I can't wait.
0: It's back. Let's go. Uh all right, that's the show. Thanks for, for listening. Uh so here's here's the plan moving forward. From now on, uh from now until you see college basketball on your television screen, or until you're scheduled to see college basketball on your television screens, uh we, we don't know what's gonna happen. Hopefully, the games are played we are going to do college basketball previews. Mm. That's it. That is, that is we are, we're full steam ahead. We are, are all in, we are actually doing our previews. We're not previewing the previews. We're not doing whatever we're going to start rolling out our previews uh, starting next week. So you have that to look forward to. If you're one of the the listeners, it's like, God damn, get to the point. Like you guys just stick to stick to the Mm. basketball, please. Mm. Uh, Great news. That's what we're doing. It is, it is time. The season is here. Uh, so that's the plan. We're we're gonna start ramping up our previews, and and we couldn't be more excited. We're back. So, we uh, can't wait. Yeah, that is going to start next week. I guess I guess we are going to do the one draft special. Um, but that's a bonus. That's episode. a bonus. We're gonna do that the night of yeah. the draft. We're gonna do like a recap, but uh, whatever. For the most part, it's gonna be all college basketball previews. So, uh, we're gonna start rolling those out next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Kevin O'Connor and Kyle. Uh, this is like a nice little ring reunion mm. you had today, so that was fun. Um, and thanks for you guys for listen, listening. Listen.